right. So as we said at the beginning, we're continuing to hear Jesus in his own words. Last week we, you talked about Jesus fulfilling the law and the prophets. And we're going to actually overlap with that a little bit again. Kind of take that a little further this week as we jump backwards in his Sermon on the Mount. So we hear the words of Jesus beginning in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus is speaking. He says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Cars, cars, and more cars, all shiny and new, just ready to be driven, but they haven't moved. They haven't moved in months, some of them even years now. Perhaps you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've seen the pictures and videos of those lots just full of new cars, but they're not moving because they're missing that one little semiconductor chip that was backlogged because of COVID and supply chain issues, and now they're sitting there useless. Or... Picture a finely crafted mahogany guitar, um, handcrafted, you know, with the finest of steel strings. Just this beautiful instrument, and it's bought, and now it sits on a shelf without a case, with an, a layer of dust so thick it's beginning to turn colors. Or you're digging in your fridge, and you're, you're really hungry for some great lunch, and you find there in the back of the fridge your favorite meal from your favorite restaurant that you ate at two weeks ago. Yeah. And now, you know, there's that, there's that stench, and it, it's not good for anything but to be thrown away. So what connects these three pictures? Did they not really sit well with you? Did you think, well, that's a shame. What a waste. Cars perfectly good and ready to be driven, but because of one little chip, they can't be? A beautiful instrument turned to a dust magnet? Your favorite meal so that you'd have lunch the next day, but you forgot about it, and now it didn't fulfill that purpose? Well, that's just it. That's the problem. Those things didn't fulfill the, their purpose the thing that they were created for, the thing they were created to do, the reason they were made. And that doesn't sit well with us. 
It doesn't sit well with us when things don't fulfill their purpose. In fact, what a thing is finds fulfillment in its purpose, doesn't it? The people of this world are constantly looking for purpose. Wondering how they can make an impact, how they can make a difference. What's their destiny, they wonder. The fact is, the world needs something, desperately. And Jesus recognized this. Jesus taught this. He said that the world needs salt and light. And the very fact that the world needs this, needs these things, communicates something about the world. That it's decaying. That it's dark. This world is constantly wondering and wrestling with the realities of death and walking around in darkness, unsure of what their purpose is. What is the reason that they're here? How can they make an impact in this world, do something that will be remembered, something that can impact their children or their children's children, wondering what is their purpose? And so often, we're right there with them, wrestling with these same questions, wondering what can we do to make a difference in this world that is decaying and is so dark and seems to only be getting worse. What can we do as one person in a sea of billions to make a difference, to leave an impact, to affect our children and our children's children? What's our purpose? Well, Jesus tells you today, you already have one. By simply being who you are, Jesus' disciples are sitting there listening to their rabbi, their dear teacher, whose many, many miracles have just proven he's something far more as sick person after sick person, right before his sermon, was being healed and healed and healed. And now Jesus has been telling them all these amazing things that even though they feel the decay and the darkness of this world every day, even though they feel meek and mourning and downtrodden, they are blessed. He tells them. And Jesus had just got done telling them all these you wills. That you will be filled. You will see God. Even though you are persecuted right now, your reward is, will be great. And perhaps the disciples start to think, you know, that's all wonderful, Jesus. That's great. But what about right now? What does this mean for me right now? So Jesus tells them. And Jesus tells you. Being a Christian isn't just about possessing all these future blessings, things that will only be fulfilled then. Well, it does include those. No, Jesus says, you are. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Being a Christian means that you are to this decaying and dark world the very thing it needs. Salt and light. That's who you get to be. Not become. Not another self-help book or class on how to be an impact to others or some secret way to make an impact or have a purpose in this world. No, Jesus simply says, you are. Not you will be. 
This isn't some future reality. Not be. This isn't a command. No, this is your reality right now. Jesus says you are. And this is the purpose He's given you. Jesus makes this quite clear for us in His words that we're following. His absurd illustrations that He uses are meant to show you how natural it is that you simply are salt and light, that you live out this purpose just because you're Christian, because He's made you that. Tasteless salt. That doesn't make any sense. Salt is salty. It, it salts things. It flavors it. It preserves it. Tasteless salt is just thrown out, but you're not that. Nobody lights a light and then just instantly covers it up and says, yeah, I'll just run up my energy bill and let it burn up the house with this blanket or whatever you put over it. No, that, that's ridiculous. Nobody does that. And so Jesus is showing you, your light will shine. A city on a hill will not be hidden. Even the kids figured that out this morning. You don't light a light and put it under a cloth. So in the same way, Christian, a believer, their light shines simply by being who they are. Jesus has given you this purpose to be salt and light to the world, and you are. You probably live unaware at times of all the different ways that you really are this salt and light in the world. Because we're not specifically talking about spreading the gospel this morning. Well, of course, that's part of being salt and light. No, Jesus tells you what he means. He says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We're talking about the ways you simply live your life, use the talents and opportunities he set before you to serve others, to serve Him. And as you go about these tasks, you get to be a light. And you're being who you are. Here at InTown, when you do your Christmas store, when you go and, and have those booths at all those different festivals, you get to be who you are, salt and light to this world. But it goes even beyond that. Even in your day-to-day -day life, when you give a few extra minutes of a listening ear to someone who desperately needs it, you're being who you are. Salt. Reflecting a God who wants to hear our troubles and pains amid this decaying world. When you work hard and diligently, people notice and you're being who you are. Light. That gets to reflect the one who worked so hard for us and who gave up everything for us. Even as you go through the most mundane and normal tasks of your life, you are still who you are. Salt and light. You have the name Christian, believer, one with faith in Christ stamped on you. Jesus says that people see that and that leads them to glorify your Father in heaven. And that has an impact. That has an eternal impact. And it helps to know who we're salt and light for, doesn't it? A heavenly Father who sent his Son into this world of decay and darkness to save it. A heavenly Father who had this incredible purpose 
to save the world from this decay and darkness, a Savior who knew that purpose and everything it would entail, and yet He carried it out to the full. A Savior whose blood shed on that cross impacted the world in a way that nothing else could, washing it clean from its sin, washing us clean, and making us part of His family. Jesus is the salt that preserves us to eternity. Jesus is the light that shows the way to the Father. And that's who we get to be salt and light for. So how's it going? How's your life of salt and light playing out? Because maybe if you're like me, you look, okay, that's inspiring to see who we get to be salt and light for, but... It's also a little daunting, perhaps. How can we live up to that? The Savior who impacted the whole world and carried out all this purpose. And how can we always be salt and light in everything we do, especially as we turn to the second half of this morning's text and look at some of those details that anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven? And then at the end, Jesus says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Can we do all that? Do we have the power, the ability, the strength to carry all that out? Because when we look at our lives and the ways that we live out this salt and light, sure, Jesus tells us, you know, we can't be hidden, that light's going to shine, but do we not sometimes dim it a little bit? When yet another bout of impatience toward that person that just really irks us and gets on our nerves leads people to say, wow, Christians sure are harsh and impatient. Do we perhaps cover the light up just a little bit when we grow proud that we are the ones called salt and light as if we did something to deserve that. And then in our conceitedness about it, people who are supposed to be looking at Christians as the salt and light the world desperately needs see Christians as people who offer something nobody really wants. And besides, they don't seem too keen to share it. Our deeds can so easily communicate something that's opposite of our purpose as salt and light. And all those little sins that maybe don't dim the light too much but each time, but dim it again and again. And Jesus' words this morning convict us as soon as He speaks them that not even the least of one of these commandments but I skipped a really important verse. And that wasn't very fair of me. Jesus says, going back to verse 17, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. It goes back to what you talked about last week. Jesus had a purpose and He fulfilled it. 
He was the perfect salt and light, the perfect servants that we so often fail to be. And now He is the one who calls us salt and light, who makes us salt and light, who enables us to be salt and light, who strengthens us to do His commands. And more than all of that, by His perfect fulfillment of all of those things, He's made us righteous. Verse 20 certainly convicts us. How can our righteousness surpass that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were obsessed with righteousness in all of the littlest things and areas? Well, they were looking for righteousness in all of the wrong places. They were looking here constantly in it for their own righteousness, ways they could further their own personal purpose to make a name for themselves. But your righteousness already surpasses that of the Pharisees because it's not your righteousness. You see, you have something that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law didn't. Faith in Christ. And you remember that verse from last week? This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Yeah, it's true. Only the righteous can be salt and light. But newsflash, You are salt and light because you are already righteous. Christ has made you righteous. He kept the whole law, even to the littlest points. He kept all the prophecy that the prophets spoke about him. And because he's made you righteous, you get to be what we heard in that second reading today, that you are, present tense, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him, of Him, Christ, who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Brand new cars sitting unable to be driven. That's a shame. A beautiful instrument turned into a dust magnet, that's a tragedy. Your favorite meal gone to waste, that's sad. Christians living their day-to-day lives, that's beautiful. That's purpose. This world is decaying. It needs desperately something, someone to preserve it, to enliven it, to flavor it. This world walks in darkness. It needs someone to light the way. You are. And don't take my word for it, take Christ's. You are the salt and the light that the world desperately needs. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither will your God-given, Christ-enabled purpose not shine through as you live for Him as the salt and light He made you 
to be. In him, amen.